what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Amazing Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. I am your host, and oh my gosh, you guys, I'm back. I'm back in the saddle again. No, I don't own the rights to that song. Thank you, Steven Tyler. But anyway, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm back in the saddle. We are moved. We are here in our new home, our new location, and what a ride it has been from Portland, Oregon, now to the hill country of Texas, You guys, oh my gosh, have I got a story to tell? Have I got a show for you? But also, have I got a season coming up for you? We have interviews with amazing people. We have topics that are plaguing the world right now. And of course, we've got the remedy. So let's go. Today, we're going to be talking about the path that God has you on. And sometimes that path, oftentimes that path that God is leading you on, man, you are going to be running up against twists and turns and obstacles in your path. And sometimes you're going to feel blown away and sometimes not in a good blown away way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh my gosh, sometimes it can be so frustrating and you feel like, am I even on the right path, the correct way? I mean, have you ever prayed about something and then God opens the doors and you are like, oh man, this is so clearly the path that God is leading you and you're going that direction and the path is clear and you're skipping along and then bam, man, you hit what feels like a brick wall and like boing. And then you bounce off of that wall and all of a sudden you're in a totally different direction. I mean, it's almost like you're bumper cars, like you're at some amusement park and all of a sudden the mirrors become wavy and things look crazy and and you're being jolted and kaboom, you know, somebody and some ha 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 ha, someone's laughing at you, crazy clown. And I mean... (laughs) You know, I mean, if you've been to a crazy amusement park, you know what I'm talking about. But when you're following the path that God has opened the door for you, you do not expect there to be crazy clowns and you don't expect there to be brick walls and you don't expect out of nowhere some, you know, little kid with cotton candy hands to come and womp you in the back with his bumper car. So you're like completely shocked and your body is jolted from that wallop and man, that came out of nowhere. And God, are you still leading me? Are you still in this? God, is is this your wall? Is this your will? You know what I mean? And then boing, you get bounced off into this other direction and there you see the open door. And that's the door that you're supposed to go through. And that open door you would not have seen had you not been upshot into this direction. Like, wow. And then you're like, whoa, thank you, Lord. Oh my gosh, the Lord, you really are in this. And oh my gosh, what an exhilarating feeling. And it's, oh my gosh, like being on a roller coaster. Tick, 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 tick. Ah, You know, this exhilarating, exciting, oh my gosh, stomach dropped out feeling. The Lord is really in this. That rush, oh man, when you're being spiritually led, that rush is so incredible. But then, oh whammo. You run into another wall or something comes from another direction and kaboom, blasts you off into another way. Have you guys experienced this? I mean, it is like being at an amusement park. You're riding roller coasters one day and the next day you're getting smashed by bumper cars. But those unintended circumstances, those walls, those bounces that kick us off into the stratosphere sometimes are necessary to lead us to our next step. Is it easy though? No. 
I often feel disappointed when I think I have it all figured out and I know what's coming tomorrow and oh my gosh, Lord, you did this. It's awesome. This is exactly what your plan was. And then what I thought exactly what his plan was starts falling apart right before my face. And I'm like, that wasn't your plan. Okay, now I feel uh, scared because things are not what they appear to be or they, they're just not what they seem. <laughs> Sometimes I even feel frustrated. Like I can order God around or something like, how could you let this happen? You know, <laughs> I'm sure you felt like that. I'm sure you have because it's a human emotion. And when you are in a circumstance where things are uncertain, it can be scary. It can be fear inducing and it for sure can be frustrating. You guys, I'm human and I've lived through some really crazy, hard experiences in my life some really heart-shattering experiences, stuff that was life-shattering and completely changing the life that I thought that I knew. So for me, it's not a lack of faith. Sometimes I look back and I feel the fear and the anxiety of past experiences. And truth be told, sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm waiting for that other proverbial shoe to drop. When is the worst going to happen? Because it's happened to me in the past. So in this situation, is the worst going to happen? Or is it the worst as I perceive it? But sometimes that worst outcome is what needs to happen to propel you to whatever the next step is, the next stage in your life, the next growth opportunity. But man, <laughs> I do often look for that other shoe to drop and... <laughs> I'm not excited for that potential thing to happen. But then again, I'm just being real. Have you ever had in a situation that the worst case scenario or what you perceive to be the absolute worst outcome actually happens? Have you ever had someone say to you, well, God wouldn't let that happen or God wouldn't bring you this far just to let that happen? Uh, God would bring you this far. And yeah, that worst case scenario, it can happen. But does that mean that God isn't faithful or that he's not in your circumstances? No, absolutely not. It means that your story includes this chapter, but that there is a new chapter and another page. And on that next page, God is going to show you his glory and he's going to show his glory through your situation. But I get it, man. If you've been through something like that, the PTSD from <laughs> previous experiences, and I don't throw that term around loosely. <laughs> It's very real. I was in a crazy bad car accident. I mean, real bad. I almost lost my life and was kind of injured, not kind of, I totally was injured with injuries that affect me still to this day. And when I drive and when I stop at a stoplight, and if a car is uh, coming up on my tail too fast, ooh, do I ever tense up? Because I have had that experience before of the worst case scenario coming at me. So oftentimes when I'm in these situations of things not working the way that I think that they are supposed to work, I wait for that other, you know, shoe to drop. It's just real, you guys. I think of those, you know, cheesy uh, saying posters that you can get at Ross or, you know, live, laugh, love or whatever. I mean, can you imagine walking down the aisles of Marshalls or Home Goods and like you see one, it's all calligraphy and it's like, hey, just waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know? Because that's, that's like the one that I would have in my house. Like, whoa, yeah, I can relate to that, Sarah, waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, but when you've had that worst case scenario happen, and sometimes they do, you brace for the impact. I mean, it's not my lack of faith in God at all. 
There is no doubt in any part of me that God can, that God can do anything, that God can move mountains. He created them. Of course, he can move them. That God puts the eagle's wings to flight. We've talked about that. There's no doubt in me, in any part of me that knows that God can. I know he can do anything. The struggle sometimes with me is that, will he? That's where my struggle comes in, is the not knowing. But you know, that's the place where God wants us to be, because then we have to fully and totally and wholly rely on him for the next step. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith, not by sight. So here we are, we've moved now to Texas. And when God told us to go, to move from Portland and the doors swung wide open, you guys, it was absolutely clear. It was absolutely clear that this was God's plan for us. And man, we were heading full, full speed in one direction and then whammo. You guys, we got bounced. And what came then was a full tilt whirlwind. It seemed completely out of control. But it wasn't. It was just out of sight for me. And I was walking by faith. We had to walk by faith because we had no idea how we were going to make it work. My worst case scenario had happened. The house that we, oh, we had it on lock. We sold our house in Portland. We knew where we were going. Up, oh, they pulled out. <laughs> Whoop. Now we don't have a house in one of the hottest markets in the country where people are scrambling for any home that they can possibly get, where people coming from another state to the south of Oregon, um, I won't mention it, <laughs> but people coming from there are, are paying, you know, astronomical amounts over and above asking price for these houses. So of course, you're not going to win the bid, even if you're putting in astronomical amounts over and above asking price. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And now we don't have a house there. Awesome. Okay, Lord, what you gonna do? But you know what? There's a, a silly colloquial saying in church culture that says, where God guides, God provides, right? And it's often, it's often attached to money. It's attached to, oh, well, if a church has a, a plan for something and God is guiding it, then God's gonna provide the financial means to do it, right? But you know, that saying, even though it's in church culture, and, and I'm not uh, a fan of church culture at all, at all, at all. And we could get into that in future podcasts as to why I don't subscribe to modern church culture. But we the people, we are the church. Christians, we are the church. It's not a building. But anyway, I digress. Church culture often attaches that saying to something that they're doing. But and while that has been abused in people's eyes, that saying still holds true. If God is in it, he's going to provide you manna from heaven and he's going to bring you to a Red Sea and he's going to part that sea where God guides. He does provide. But it's you know not always just attached to financial means or church. It's for you in your life. Where God is guiding you, he is going to do. God is faithful always to complete a work that he began, not just in you, but through you and everything about your life from the womb to the tomb and into eternity, right? So what seems like an out of control whirlwind is really God moving you to a direction that he needs you to be. And if you're holy and fully surrendered to the Lord, then you know that his leading is going to be right. Where you ultimately end up, it's going to be exactly where you need to be. And then whenever you look back at those circumstances, you see that it was his hand that was leading you. 
And you look back and you're like, whew, man, that was a tough, tough hill to climb. But I saw you in all of it. And now I look back and it was worth it, you know? So anyway, we moved down here. The Lord took us from one house to the next house to, oh, this is the one, to this is the one, to this is the one. Now, what about this one? And where are we going to be? And now we're going to be homeless because there is no house (laughs) that is available. I think that we put offers in on almost maybe 10 houses. And then I can't even tell you how many other ones, but in all these different areas. And we kept thinking, is it this area? Is it that area? But you know, ultimately, God led us to the perfect area that he wanted us to be for this time. And the house that was perfect. It was, we didn't even know it. We didn't even know that this was what we wanted, but God knew. And so it was like, okay, Lord, all through that scary, crazy time, you knew, you knew it all. We just had to trust you and let you do the leading, but gosh, dang, it's so hard. So where we ultimately ended up in Texas is, you know, probably a few minutes, maybe a a dozen minutes from an amusement park. And when we drive on the freeway, I can see the roller coasters. I can see the cars from this roller coaster. You know, they kind of tower above the freeway. And sometimes if you're driving close enough to the park, you can actually hear people screaming (laughs) and you can like the screams and it's like so fun and also so scary you know, roller coasters. But when God calls you to do something and you know it's his calling and he'll provide everything you need along the way, sometimes it is like a roller coaster. You're like going up, tick, 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 tick. And then you you get to the top and you think, oh yeah, I know what this next path is going to be because I saw the track. And, you know, nowadays roller coasters aren't really cars that you get in. Now it's like this thing where your feet are dangling and the only thing that's holding you on are like your arms and shoulders and your feet are dangling in the ground and you can't see what's coming next. And man, you're just flipping and twisting and you know, for some people, they love that roller coasters are their thing. My husband is like all about roller coasters and adrenaline. And I am the opposite. I'm about chilling and peace and playing my djembe out back with some incense burning. And (laughs) I am not I'm not about that roller coaster life. But somehow, God wants me sometimes to be about that roller coaster life. So he takes me for a ride. You know what I'm saying? But when I'm in the midst of it, when I'm in the midst of that roller coaster or that bumper car situation, I need to stop thinking of those brick walls or bumps in the road as something harsh. And somehow I just need to remember that God has always been faithful. And knowing that at each place, each obstacle, that God always shows up, right? He always shows up. But also in those times, you guys, my friends, I want you to be intentional about staying close to God. If he is your leader, if the God of the universe is your leader and he is leading your path, our shepherd, he knows each step that we need to take. We often cannot see that next step like that roller coaster that they have now where your feet are dangling and you're just whipped around. You don't get to see the next step. And very often you don't see the next step. Very rarely, if ever. If you're being led spiritually and being led by faith, you don't get the next step. You get the step you're standing on. And then oftentimes you kind of get an inkling where the next step is going to be. So then you put your foot out there and it's there. But your shepherd knows every step. 
He knows every step and he's leading you. He is guiding you. He is with you. Even when you don't feel him there, he's there. He cares. And he is moving you in the direction that you need to be to fulfill your ultimate life's purpose. And what is your life's purpose? I don't know. But if you are surrendered to the Lord, he knows your unique purpose. He created you for it. You guys, the answer is to seek God. The Bible says to seek God while he may be found, not because he's going anywhere, but because life is short. And we have such a limited time, you guys, to accomplish our calling, to use this life that he has given us and the gifts and the talents that are unique to you and your life. Our time here, use it wisely, you guys. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And how do we understand what the Lord wants us to do? I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. Will you read his word? The Bible. Have you read the Bible today? Have you read, not me reading you scriptures, but have you opened God's word yourself? Have you prayed and asked the Lord, Lord God, open my eyes that I might see what you have for me here. What is my mission? What is my plan? What do you have for me? Sometimes that's the amount of movement that God needs from you. If you're going to be moving forward, then forward movement needs movement, you know? It needs activity to move forward. And that activity often needs to be intentional and it needs to be constant and it needs to be consistent. It's really easy to sit on the sidelines, but my friends, God has so much more for you than sitting on the sidelines, especially right now in this life, in this place where we are living, where everything seems to be coming undone at the seams. I know you see it. I know I see it. If you don't see it, I pray that you ask the Lord to open your eyes and show you what really is going on. You will see that what's coming apart at the seams is really ultimately falling into place. But don't waste your life. Don't waste your calling by sitting on the sidelines because it's easy. I know that life can be hard. Curveballs and crazy, heartbreaking, heart-searing times and scary times and wonderful, exhilarating times. And if it were easy, it wouldn't be worth the outcome. And God will equip you for each step. And as you take steps towards God, he will take steps towards you. Well, actually, he's right there with you the whole time. But you need to take those steps out in faith. Pray and ask the Lord to show you where he would lead you. And it might not be where you thought you would go. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee it won't be where you thought you would go. And I guarantee you it is going to be a roller coaster and you're going to be bumped into the next step. And ultimately, and I promise this, it will be worth it. The words of that old Bill Gaither hymn, those words are everything. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, our sorrows will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Do you know that song? We're running a race, my friends, and I want you to run that race, that race that you've been called to. I want you to be brave. 
Often when we think about the race of life, we think about our whole life, that this whole thing is a race. But sometimes it's not a marathon. Sometimes it's only a 5K in front of us that the Lord wants us to run. It's a short little blip before you start the next race. It's multiple races. And sometimes it's a sprint. And sometimes it's a slam into the wall and you've got to climb up over that wall. And somehow you don't know how you're going to get over that wall. And then you pray and then a rope appears and up you go. You guys take that risk. And by risk, I mean, take a step of faith. If you have never heard of or read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, it was written in 1678 by author John Bunyan. And it has been written and rewritten multiple times since then. And there was even like a children's play that was done with it. It was called The Enchanted Journey. And oh my gosh, when I was a kid, now, mind you, if you don't know me, I did a lot of musicals, plays. I was an actress for, for a lot of years growing up. And I had my first like lead role in a musical when I was five. It, it was part of who I was for a very, very long time. And one of the plays, well, musicals really, that I loved so much was this one called The Enchanted Journey. And my mom bought me the record of it. Yeah, record, a record player back in the day, day. And there was this song on that record that I have used so many times. And that, <laughs> that song was the alphabet backwards. And oh my gosh, ever since that childhood musical, now I can Z, Y, X, W, V, U, T, S, R, Q, P, O, N, M, L, K, J, I, H, G, F, E, D, C, B, A. Now I know it, Z, 2, A. It's something that has stuck with me forever. And I actually was on a scavenger hunt and we got to this checkpoint as a, a young adult. I got to this checkpoint at the scavenger hunt and to get the next clue, you had to say the alphabet backwards. And oh man, our team won. Our team won because I was able to bust out that memory from the Enchanted Journey. Back in the day, 1678, John Bunyan wrote this story called The Pilgrim's Progress. And if you haven't read it, uh, it's, it's a must. But what happens is there's this guy, his name is Christian, and it's about this journey that he is going off to this celestial city. And he's, he's going on this enchanted journey, the children's play. <laughs> but he's heading off to the celestial city, and it's about the journey and the obstacles and the people that he meets along the way. And ultimately, it's an allegory about the life of a Christian. And I think to myself, okay, so God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't know why it should somehow surprise me that back in 1678, the walk of a Christian was the same as somebody here in 2021. But um, it is, <laughs> you're going to run into obstacles and you're going to have temptations and you're going to have stumbles and you're going to run into pits of mire and muck. But right now, my friends, we are living in times never before seen. This isn't just a normal Christian walk. We're here for one of the greatest spiritual battles, the ones foretold about in the Bible. And when we stand before that great throne at the end, and we have to give an account of our lives, what kind of account are you going to give? In Revelations chapter 14, 12, we are going to have to give an account to the King of Kings of what we did with this life. Oh, it's not about our salvation, but it's about the gifts that the king equipped us with for this journey that we are on in this life. What you have been called to do. Are you doing it even despite running into brick walls and getting bounced around and 
oftentimes that can derail us from then seeking the Lord and trusting that what is coming ahead, he knows the way and he's going to help you navigate around those rapids that are up ahead or that brick wall. And if you aren't even on the journey yet, my friends, it's not too late for you to take that first step and get going. It's not too late. I've had people say to me, and you might be thinking this too, Sarah, I have no idea what God wants me to do. I have no idea why I'm here. You know what? I don't know either. My youth pastors and people in the past have said, oh, well, this is why we're all here, X, Y, and Z. That's not true. That's a super simplistic, way too simplistic view of why each of us are so uniquely and wonderfully made and what each purpose each one of us have been called to. Each one of us have different gifts, so how can our calling be the same, right? But we're each called. That is true. So you guys, I want you to take that first step, or if you are tired, if you've been taking all the steps and you're just, you need to be in the mash tent for a little while, you need a a moment to just chill and get your strength back. Yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. There was a song back in the 80s by artist Twyla Paris. And that song, even though I was a little kid back then, that song has stuck with me. And those lyrics I have sang so many times in my life. The song is called The Warrior is a Child. And I'm not saying that you're a child, but it was hearkening to those kind of um, inner child books that people were reading at that time. The song is called The Warrior is a Child, and it says, Lately, I've been winning battles left and right, but even soldiers can get wounded in the fight. I'll drop my sword and cry for just a while, because deep inside this armor, the warrior is a child. I will tell you that that song has resonated with me since I was a kid. And now, as an adult, I'm an adult. (laughs) Now, as an adult, that song reverberates inside of my soul. Because when you've been deeply wounded, or you're on a journey moving, or you're, you're walking on a path that the Lord has you walking on, and all of the sudden, boom, spiritual warfare, boom, you're attacked, boom, something closes, a door closes, slams right in your face, boom, family members turn their back on you, boom, big stuff happens and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm torn apart. It's okay to drop your sword and cry out to the Lord. He will give you rest. He will heal that damage, that wound in you. You have to let him. A lot of people get stuck in their wounds and they get stuck in their grief. They don't want to move forward because it starts to become part of their identity. Don't let that happen to you. So if you need to, drop your sword and cry for just a while, but then pick your sword back up because the battle is raging all around us. Everywhere we see this craziness, this craziness that is going on everywhere, bananas, lies coming from every direction. The enemy is the father of lies. And if you are buying into the lie narrative, stop it. Repent. Ask the Lord to show you the truth. Why do I say repent? Because you are buying into the lies that is from the father of lies. And my gosh, you do not want your daddy to be the devil. Like Jesus said, some of you, your daddy is the devil. And I know that you don't want your daddy to be the devil. So tap into the truth, my friends. And Jesus is not just a truth. Jesus is the truth. So on one hand, we have the father of lies, and on the other hand, we have the truth. And so ask the Lord to open your eyes, wake yourself up, and see what is going on. 
And then ask the Lord for your calling. What is your calling? How are you to work and how are you to be used for God's kingdom right now? And then take that first step. I think of that Indiana Jones movie, The Last Crusade. Man, I love the Indiana Jones series. I love the Indiana Jones series. I could watch that all. I mean, every time I I pass it on the TV, if I'm watching TV, which is rare, I will like, oh my gosh, let's watch. Oh my gosh, I love it. And The Last Crusade, there's this, if you haven't seen the movie, it's from 1989. So I'm not even going to give you a spoilers thing. If you haven't, it's, it's from a long time ago. So if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, but you should have seen it by now. Anyway, <laughs> there's this scene where he's traversing through all of these steps to try and get to the Holy Grail. And you have to go through, you know, these different uh, obstacles. And one of them is the, what's called the leap of faith. And he comes to this cliff and then there's a giant cavern, but he needs to get to the other side. And anyway, the leap of faith is that he takes a step and oh, there's like a, you know, a clear glass bridge that's there. And so then he picks up pile of dirt and he scatters it all along this, what seems to be invisible bridge. And then the dirt, you know, lights the path. And I'm, I mean, it, it, you can see where the bridge is, right? And so I think about that scene and many pastors have used that scene as like, just take that first step, you know, and, and, and then the stair, you know, stairway will appear or the, the path will appear and, and just like Indiana Jones did, right? But Indiana Jones only had to take one step of faith. <laughs> and then he was able to pick up a handful of gravel and rocks and he throws it across and then he can see where the whole path is. <laughs> that is not how it works in real life, taking the step of faith. Because the taking the step of faith is you step out into this cavern and you're like, oh, wow, Lord, you're there. Great. Now, where does my next step go? Because there ain't no gravel to spread along the thing and illuminate your path. <laughs> That's not how it works. Every step, you guys, is a step of faith. Every single one of them. And sometimes I'm just going to be real. You take a step and there's nothing there to catch you. And ah you're falling and it's like a roller coaster and then your fall is broken by a large branch oof and <laughs> and then that branch you're like oh my gosh lord but somehow then you can see a doorway that you needed on that branch and you you know oh gosh okay let me get over to that doorway and you take a step and sometimes sometimes you fall all the way down to the bottom you know what i mean but at the bottom is where you needed to be to get to your next step so Following God's path is, to me, it's a lot like being in the fire swamp <laughs> of The Princess Bride. Yet another movie reference, but I'm going to hit it up. You know what I'm saying? The Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies of all time. Top five favorite movies. But there's this scene where they're in the fire swamp. And again, if you haven't seen this movie, it's from the 80s, long time ago. So, <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, but not really, because you should have seen it by now. Okay, anyway. In the fire swamp, there's these fires that come up and, and there's quicksand and there's these things called R-O-U-S's, which is rodents of unusual size. Anyway, and as Wesley and Princess Buttercup are in the fire swamp, they begin to kind of learn the signs of when the fire's coming and, but they got burnt originally, but now they know, you know, what the signs of that are. And then, okay, you know, here's the R-O-U-S's and here's the quicksand and but they start learning where, you know, how to deal with those pitfalls. But the thing is, is that God knows where all the pitfalls are. And he knows how to get you through that fire swamp. 
So you have to stay close to the Lord, just like Wesley, who knew how to get through those things in the fire swamp. And he says to the man with six fingers, we'll just go back into the fire swamp and we could live there comfortably (laughs) because now he knows where all the dangers of the fire swamp are. And some would say like, Sarah, why would God take you through the fire swamp? Because ultimately, sometimes that's his path all along. You have to go through this particular place to get to what's on the other side. The Bible says that wide is the way, and many are going to go there that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path that leads to life. So while following the Lord and his leading is often roller coasters and then bumper cars and crazy clowns and insanity, sometimes what it ultimately is, is a blessing. What ultimately it is, you look back and you get to see the glory of the Lord. And if you've ever lived in a circumstance where it was the glory of the Lord that shone, it makes it all worth it. Like that old timey hymn, it will be worth it all when we see Christ, it will be worth it. So no, I don't know what your calling is. I know what mine is. And I'm working towards using that calling for the Lord every day. But when you surrender your life to the one who made it, and you ask him what you are called to do, ask him to equip you, he will. Oh, and then buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up that bummer car because good's ready. You're going to get a boom. But my friends, it is a ride that you cannot possibly imagine. And it is worth every step. I promise you that. Hey, friends, get ready because this new season, we have amazing shows coming up. So don't forget to hit the follow button of the Remedy Podcast or the subscribe, whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. Don't forget to hit the notifications because what we have coming up is going to blow your mind. You guys, I love you. I am so stoked to be back with you, hanging out with you. I missed you. All right, you guys, see you next week. Peace. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe. New shows coming at you each week. If you have a question or a comment, send them to asksaragrace at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side.